Hey, good morning. This is Pastor Jack C. Pigeon. I'm the executive pastor here at West Houston Christian Center, and I want to welcome you to the broadcast today. We are so excited that you have joined us today. We believe that the word that's being preached and spoken today is going to help bring the change that you've been praying for. I want to invite you to get your Bible, get your notebook, take some good notes. There'll be some links to how to get to our website. If you've got questions or you just want to comment about the message today, we know that you are here for a reason and that God has something for you today. God bless you. Well, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. And uh, Lord, we just honor you and bless you and just thankful, Lord, for our time together. And, and like uh, as we prayed before, that uh, Lord, we're stirred up. We know exactly what we're supposed to do, exactly what we're supposed to say. I thank you that our ears are open, our hearts are open, Father, to hear from you today. And, uh, well, Jesus, we love you. Amen? In Jesus' mighty name. Amen? So, what I want to be talking about tonight, let me just give you, since I have plenty of time, let me give you two thoughts before I get into what I want to talk about. Is that okay? Just two thoughts. So, um, I'm listening to um, Kenneth Hagin a lot right now. And uh, it's, YouTube's a wonderful thing when it's used for the right reasons. Amen? And so, I've been listening to how to train your human spirit, or the spirit that's in you, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. I've been listening to it over and over, and I've heard Brother Hagen for years, but today I heard specifically his entire encounter of when he died, went to hell three times, three times he was called back, and all that transpired in the middle of it. And uh, it was very, very interesting because it kind of knocks over some sacred cows because he said that he was born again as a young man and was actually walking in his gifting up till about nine years old. And then we got to be about nine, 10, 11, 12, he turned away from God and was living a life apart from God. Amen? So that when he did, when he was bedfast, when he was afflicted, when he was sick, when he died, he went to hell. Come on, he, he went to hell. And that really kind of struck me. I'm like, but I thought you got saved when you were young. You know, obviously there's a lot, of, a lot of discussion about once saved, always saved in those. But it's about a life, it's a continual life that we live with the Lord. And so he gave the account of going to hell and each time that he went, and he gives it in very graphic detail of just sinking and sinking and sinking and the lights of the earth fading away and, and all of a sudden you're in this cavernous area and there are demonic creatures and those types of things. And, um, you know, on a Monday morning when you're listening to this in traffic on the way to work, all of a sudden your Monday morning doesn't seem too bad anymore. And all of a sudden it just kind of put everything in perspective for me. Thank God I'm not going to hell. Thank God... Thank God, no matter what you're going through tonight, no matter what pressures you're dealing with, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, if you're born again and spirit-filled, this, this life on the earth is just a blip in your eternity. It really is. It really is. And sometimes we get so caught up in the everyday life, our soul needs so much because we're just this world this earth that we're in we're surrounded by media we're surrounded by information we're surrounded by 
bickering and fighting and chaos and all the, the things in this earth. But the beautiful part is, is that, you know what? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not going to hell. Amen. amen. And that my best day, amen, say my best day, are in front of me. And they really, really are. And all that we're doing here in the earth, this is just a training time. And as I was listening to Brother Hagen, um, he went back and he referenced a book um, that Smith Wigglesworth wrote called Ever Increasing Faith. Have you ever, anybody ever read that book? It is a life-changing book. And I highly encourage everybody, I already told the staff, as soon as I'm done with it, you have to read it. Because it's as if it was written yesterday. It is everything that we believe. It is everything with faith, the name of Jesus, the power of God. But the reason this is all connected is, is that the, we have to learn to live out of our spirit. We have to learn to live out of our spirit. We live so much out of our soulish realm we are so moved by our emotions, we're so moved by circumstances, we're so moved by, by things that we were not ever created to be moved by. We were created to be led by our spirits. But in order for us to be led by our spirits, we have to learn to exercise our spirits. They have to be trained. Come on. They have to be trained. Now, coming to church, yes, that is a part of the training of the Spirit. What well, we did praying in tongues right there, the verse that she quoted is the exact verse that I'm going to be using tonight. Eye hasn't seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man. Those things that God has prepared for those that love Him, but He reveals them to Him by His Spirit. You don't even know how to get what's yours unless you learn how to go into your spirit and connect to his spirit so that that transfer can be made. Because there is not a physical transfer of the spirit of God to us. It's all done by the spirit. Now, how many of us, and I've asked this question before, how many of us, our number one problem is we say to ourselves, okay, let's do this, we'll be kind, close your eyes. We'll just do this by a show of hands. How many of us, struggle with hearing God's voice. Raise your hand. How many of us wish we want to be able to hear it strongly and clearly? Pansy, your eyes are open. Pansy's looking around. All right, you can look at me. All of your hands were raised. Most, most everybody's hands were raised. That is one of the number one thing that people struggle with is hearing God's voice. But we have to train our spirits to hear God's voice. It doesn't just happen automatically. Once we get born again and we get a measure of His Spirit, now our spirits can communicate, but we have to develop the vocabulary and we have to grow and educate ourselves so that we can speak on the same level. A baby is not going to talk to a, a college student the same way. We have to learn, we have to discipline ourselves on how to do it. And let me just, this is not in my notes, but let me just say, anybody that has ever walked close to God where they could hear God's voice clearly and they understood and they acted on what He said walked in a great level of love. If you're not walking in any love, it's going to be real hard to ever hear God's voice. You have to develop a high sense 
of his love. And that is another thing that has to be developed. It's not something when we get saved, we get a portion, amen, but it's our job, it's our, it's our duty, it's our discipline. You notice that he called them disciples? What's disciple mean? A disciplined one. The body of Christ, we are to be disciplined in what we do. And when we are disciplined, when we push away the things that we know we're not supposed to have, we welcome the things that we do know we're supposed to have, and we walk those things out, we have a better life. Amen? The closer we live to God, the better your life's going to be. The closer you get to God, the more of your high purpose is going to manifest itself. But in order for us to hear his voice, we have to develop the love of God, his love for each other at the same level. I can't hate my brother and then wonder why I can't hear God. It just doesn't work that way. He's not going to talk to you. He's already spoken to you. You're just not doing what he told you to do. He told you, quit hating your brother. And as soon as you quit hating your brother, I'm ready to reopen that conversation again. Amen? So... I'm going to do just a little bit of background on this, and this is stuff I know that you've heard in nauseam, but you know the beautiful thing about being a pastor is you can say the same things over and over and over and over. Because you're going to come back next Sunday, right? Some of you are not too sure about that. You're like, oh, I don't know. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And just to prove, to set a foundation, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, and make you pure and wholly consecrated to God. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, sound and complete, and found blameless, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So that is where we get body, soul, and spirit. We are a three-part being. Does everybody remember when Pastor Brian was here not too long ago in November? And he had the three little signs and he did his, his, his visual with that? We, we all understand that we're a three-part being. Amen? I have a body, I possess a soul, but I am a spirit. Say, I'm a spirit being. We are created in the very image of God, and we communicate with God spirit to spirit. I have this body, but once this body goes into the grave, then my soul and my spirit, it's going to go be with heaven. I'm going to have my personality. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's where your personality is. It's what makes you unique. Your personality is in your soul, and your uniqueness will go with you, your individuality, but it's in Christ. That's the part that will go to heaven. He doesn't just want a bunch of zombies or everybody that says the same thing does the same thing. You are unique and, and wonderfully and finely made by him. Amen? So, but your spirit is the part that's alive to God. So we're a three-part being. So, how do I train my body? How do I train my body? If I want to train this body where I can get it in the best peak physical condition. I want to compete in the Olympics. How do I train this body? Two words that people hate. Diet and exercise. Amen? Diet and exercise. If I'm going to compete, uh, if I'm going to compete for a gold medal, then I have to watch what I put into this temple. 
and I have to exercise this body, I have to train this body. Sometimes I have to what? Tell this body no. Like when you go by the Cinnabon tray with all the food and stuff and you have to tell your body, no, you can't have that. I am training my body. I am buffeting my body. I am keeping my body down. And I do that through diet and exercise. How do I train my soul? My mind, my will, and my emotion. How do I train my soul? Two words. Diet and exercise. I got you. (laughs) No. Diet and exercise. Anything that comes in through my eyes, my ears, and comes out of my mouth goes into my soul. So I have to be just as picky about my soul diet as I am about my physical diet if I want to live a long life. I cannot fill my soul with needless, babbleless junk that has no value to it and expect to develop mentally or intellectually at any great level. Can I just say something? I think as Christians, we should be informed. I think we should be educated. I think that's important. I think people look at us sometimes as if, well, they just have their guns and their Bibles and that's all they have. And I understand that. But I do think that we should be educated, we should be in school, those types of things. God gave us a brain for a reason. Why did he give us a brain? To learn. Amen? We're always constantly going to be learning. So I train my soul with diet and exercise. All right, this one's going to be really hard. How do I train my spirit? You looked at my notes. You came. You're right. Diet and exercise. I have to train my spirit. Your spirit has a very particular diet. Very particular diet. There's only one way to feed your spirit. And we all know what that is, correct? It's the Word of God. Your spirit was created to grow off of the Word of God. It is pure. It is 100% natural and organic. There are no preservatives. There's no trans fats, no cholesterol. There is nothing bad. That word is 100% pure. And when it gets into your spirit, it feeds your spirit and it begins to train the spirit because ultimately what we want to do is I want my spirit to be in control of all three of my beings, body, soul, and spirit. Remember, we go all the way back to the garden. Adam and Eve were created in God's image. They were all spirit beings. The spirit was in charge. When they partook of whatever fruit that was, they died in the spirit, their soul took over, and their body went into decay. Their soul was never meant to be in charge. The soul was supposed to be like a a GPS system for the body. You just put information in it, and that's what it was supposed to do. It was never supposed to be making decisions. And right now, I would say for most of us, it's our soul that makes most of our decisions. And in order for us to walk in everything that God wants us to walk in, like my mom said, we want to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. Anybody want to walk in miracles? The only way you're ever going to walk in miracles is to be led by the Spirit and to be strong in the Spirit to be able to do that. You're not going to do it out of a soul. There are a lot of people that really think they're living by the Spirit, but it's just a very cleverly camouflaged soul because it's all predicated on how we feel. 
Don't ever think you walked out of a service because you didn't feel God that he wasn't there. You're never going to feel God. He is a spirit being. And if you're trying to connect with him on a soulish level, it's never going to work. And you're being actually set up to be fooled. Because the devil, he can produce a feeling. That's where he lives. That's his comfort zone is the soul. That's his number one favorite place to be. He would love to give you any type of comfort there is to keep you away from the comforter. He deals in that specifically. He has tailor-made temptations for each and every one of us. You don't want to walk in the Holy Spirit? Well, here, here's a little bit of worry. Let me show you how this works. You want to worry a little bit? You want to drink? You want to give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Whatever he can do to give you to keep you away from the comforter himself, which is the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be comforted. We should all be completely and totally comforted by him. I shouldn't need something at the end of the day except him. Amen? But how many of us today, we have this, man, it's been a long week. Oof! I need X, Y, Z. It's going to get better. Body, soul, and spirit all require discipline in order to be productive. If you want a productive body, you have to diet and exercise. If you want a productive soul, you have to diet and exercise. And if you want a productive spirit, we have to diet and exercise. So what are the benefits of training your body? Real quick, what's one of the great benefits of diet and exercise for your body? Energy. You feel good. Strength. How about long life? You can have long life if you will take care of your body. I'll never forget, I was in a room with people and, and none of them are here. And they were praying and prophesying how they were going to live 120 years in the earth, that everything that God had promised them. But were so out of shape, they could barely get up out of the room. If you're believing God for that 120 years, you have to take care of your physical body. It's not just going to happen. There are things that we have to do in order for it to last that long. And a lot of it is diet and exercise. But the benefits are outstanding, aren't they? You can do more. You can walk. You can run. You can, you're free from drugs. You're free from medicine. You're free from hospitals. They I mean the hospitals are not filled with healthy people. That's deep, isn't it? That's deep. That's deep. What are the benefits of a healthy soul? I don't know about you, but most of the time in your jobs, how many of you have a job? Only five of you have a job. Okay, we're going to pray about that next. How many in your job, if you were to get more education, there would be an opportunity for promotion? So if I train my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotion, if I will get educated and produce more education, it in itself can help produce promotion in my life. If I can learn how to master my emotions, then I'm not going to be led by my emotions and lead me out of the wrong place or lead me where I'm not supposed to be. So when we have a healthy soul, like Emily right now, you're taking, she's taking microbiology. Man, I quit looking at her homework in like third grade. I'm like, just take it to your mother. <laughs> just take it to your mother. Amen. But that is, she is educating her soul so that if she becomes a doctor, amen, 
there is promotion, there is growth, because she's expanding herself now with her ability to educate herself. We should be educating ourselves all the time. We should never stop educating ourselves. I know Brother Jerry is an accountant. He's always doing continuing education, right? How many of us have to do continuing education in our jobs? We have to. It's constant, and that is a way of life for a believer. We should always be in continuing education. When we stop, stop growing, we start dying. When you say, I've learned everything there is to learn, then you have started the decline in that area. So it is healthy for us for education. Um, and how do we, and what are the benefits of training your spirit? Give me some benefits of training your spirit. Guys, you can hear God's voice. What, what could you not what could you not do? Would you ever make a wrong decision again if you knew God's voice in that area? How many of us have made poor decisions because we weren't able to hear His voice in the midst of it? When I develop my spirit to that point where I understand and hear His voice, and then let me jump a little bit to the end, act on it immediately when I hear it. That's coming at the end on how to develop your spirit, but we have to act on what we hear immediately. He's looking for immediate response. When he tells us to do something, we do it. He's not waiting for us. And see, a, 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 a disciplined spirit doesn't have to go through all that, well, was that God, or was that the devil, or was that me? You know, was that the pizza I had last night? You know, I just had a dream. You know, all that. We're, we're, we're wondering and wavering. Is, was that God? Let me just tell you, if it's something that you don't want to do, it's usually God. <laughs> if he tells you to give something away, it's usually God. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? That's how you know that it's him. God's never going to say, hey, go down to Shipley's, get you two dozen glazed, call in sick, get you a big thing of chocolate milk, and call it a day. Amen? That's the flesh. All right, you can do it once, but it's not good for you. So, what is the diet of the body? That's easy. It's just natural food, right? I just take natural food. The healthier the diet. Has everybody ever been to Walmart? Come on, raise your hands. We go to Walmart. Walmart makes the world go round. How many of you have been to Whole Foods? What's the difference? About $1,000 on your weekly grocery bill. It is expensive at Whole Foods. Both places, Vincent, we need to do outreaches, one at Walmart and one at Whole Foods. Both groups of people need Jesus in a desperate way. But I've noticed at Whole Foods, it's better food. It's a higher level of diet. It's more expensive. It's all organic. It's all farm to market. It's all fresh. Amen? Walmart is all boxed food. It can last. <laughs> Sorry, hon. It's all boxed food. And so when you go to Walmart, okay. Does everybody understand what a trans fat is? You know what a trans fat is? So, okay. God, God made me. God made the steak. So when body eats the steak, they recognize each other because they have the same maker. My body knows what to do with the steak because we have the same, we were made by the same God. 
A trans fat is a man-made fat. So when my body eats the Oreo, Oreo comes into the body, the body says, I don't know who you are. You were not made by the same maker, therefore I do not know how to process you. Therefore, there's only one thing we can do. I have to go into our storage department because it doesn't recognize it. Does everybody understand? So, a good diet, a healthy diet, a much more expensive diet is at Whole Foods. It costs a lot more money. What are the steaks at Whole Foods? I mean, they're expensive. Very, very expensive. The meat's more expensive because it's all fresh. It's all grade A. It's the best of the best of the best. It's the best for you. That type of a diet, you're going to live a longer, healthier, productive life. Amen? Let me tell you something. Health affords you freedom. You're not tied to medications. I'm not tied to doctors and hospitals. I'm not tied. I'm free. I can come and go as I please because I'm not tied to anything. A good diet is like that. It is healthy and it can bring freedom and, and just a, long, a healthier life. So what's the diet of the soul? The mind, the will, and the emotions. Whatever I see, whatever I say, and whatever I hear, that is the diet of my soul. Whatever I am watching on television is my diet. Whatever I'm listening to on the radio is my diet. Whatever words are coming out of my mouth, that is my diet. I cannot fill my life with junk, bad stuff, murder, violence, sex, gratuitous sex, those types of things. That cannot be my steady diet into my soul. It is just as bad as living off McDonald's every four times a day for every day for the rest of your life. It will kill you because it is going directly into your soul and it is shaping the way that you think, producing the words that you speak and creating the actions that you make on a regular basis. So I have to be just as discerning about what I allow into my eyes, what I listen to my ears, and most importantly, what I say out of my mouth. You are eating off the words that come out of your mouth. You're feasting on whatever they say. So sometimes the best thing to do is just, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of some really good things to say right now, but I don't want to eat that. Amen? So I have to be just as wise about what I'm putting into my soul as I am about what I'm putting into my body. Let me just give you an example. Let's just say you can have the greatest weightlifter of all time. And they put nothing but pure food into their bodies. They have the most beautiful, wonderful bodies. But their minds can be so screwed up because they don't follow the same regiment for what they put into their hearts as they do as to what they put into their bodies. We have to follow the same diet, the very same diet. And we have to be wise about what we watch. You can't, we can't fill ourselves with nothing but TV news. It's one of the worst things you can ever do because it's just filled with strife and bitterness, and anger, and bickering, and all those types of things, and offense, and it doesn't help anybody. It actually helps promote the problems that we have in our country right now. So, as we said before, what's the diet of the Spirit? It's the Word of God. Amen? So, A, first, number one thing, if I'm going to learn to develop my spirit, I have to develop a hunger for the Word of God. I have to put the word first place in my life. 
First place. I have to put the word first place in my life. Now, if you have never read, spent a lot of times, if you don't have a, a discipline in that area, what I would encourage you to do is I read Proverbs every day. Like today is the, the 11th of June, so I read Proverbs chapter 11 today, which I've read for the past 20 years every time that it's the 11th. Tomorrow I'll read the 12th. I always start in Proverbs. I get a lot of good information out of Proverbs. It's like where we live. It's how I interact with people. It's about money. It's about marriage. It's about friendship. It's about all these different things. And it's helpful no matter where you are in your life. Then I'm going to jump ahead and I'm going to read at least one of the New Testaments. I'm going to read a chapter or two out of John. We should really, as believers, spend most of our time in the epistles. The writings of Paul are the letters to the believers of today. That's where you're going to get 99.9% of your information about God and how we are to interact in this earth with God from Ephesians, Philippians, those books. Amen? So that's where we need to be spending most of our time. I read the Old Testament also. I don't negate the Old Testament. I'm, I'm reading, um, I think I'm in Leviticus still right now. And uh, I try and get even. You don't just forget the one and not do the other. But you have to learn to discipline yourself to go into on a daily basis and not just read it as I would an information book, but to read it as if God was speaking to me myself. When I go into the Word, I'm like, Jesus, speak to me. And He does every single time. So that's the spirit. Now, also, I listen to the word all the time. When my dad did the 120-day challenge, what was the challenge? 190, do I have 200? 220, 220, 220, 30 challenge? No, we did the long challenge or whatever, but I purged all media out of my life. I got rid of conservative talk radio. I got rid of sports talk. I got rid of everything, and I went to a steady diet of only the word all the time, and my spiritual life went up massively because now I'm listening to the word all the time make sure when you when we talk about your diet make sure that you're eating from the same tree we we want to be listening to stuff about how about faith and love and the the authority of the believer amen I don't want to listen to stuff that tells me how God makes me sick to teach me things I don't want to work against myself with my diet okay so you want to make sure that you're feeding off of faith-based material on a regular basis. So Proverbs twenty twenty seven. Is this making sense? Proverbs twenty twenty seven. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. God primarily is going to speak to us through His Spirit. Now, I will say this. The number one way that God speaks to us is how? It's through His Word. Amen? He's going to speak to us primarily through His Word. But what we're trying to do after we have learned to know His voice there, see, He wants you to know His voice from the Word first, so then when He speaks to you with a still, small voice, you'll know it's the same voice. Because if you just go looking for voices and you don't know the word, when that voice tells you to do something contrary to the word, you have to know the personality and the person and the author of the book. And you would say, he would never tell me to go do that. He's never going to tell you to do something outside of his word. But it's more important for us, we have to know him first. We have to know him through his word first, and we have to know his personality through, his, through the word first. 
Walking in the Spirit is walking by faith. Amen? To walk by the Spirit, it's the exact same thing as walking by faith. We have to live and walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Quit looking to be led by external things. Quit looking to be led by circumstances. Quit looking to be led by putting out fleeces like, Lord, if there's an empty parking space at Walmart, I know it's your will for me to go in there and spend $5,000. Because guess what? That parking space will be open every time if you say that. God is, look, look, and I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but Luke's my youngest son. I don't lead Luke by hitting him or by circumstances. I don't lead him by putting a carrot and trying to lead him. That's what I do with an animal. How do I lead my son? With my voice. Quit looking for when things go wrong. Well, it must not have been God's will for me to do that. That's not how he leads children. That's how we lead animals. We lead children with our voice. So we have to learn to hear his voice. That's primarily how he wants to lead you. 2 Corinthians 4.18 Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporary, brief and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. We want to spend less time dealing with the temporary things. We're always dealing with our circumstances We're always dealing with our issues. But what God is saying is, let's deal with the more important things, the things that we can't see. Let's deal with the eternal things. And those are the things of the Spirit. The things of the Spirit are the things that are going to last forever. You cannot go to Walmart and buy love. Can you? Maybe you can now. I don't know. It's been a while. I can't go to Walmart and buy love, can I? I can't buy joy, can I? Can I buy peace? Can I buy long-suffering? Can I buy patience? What are those things? Those things are invisible things, and they are eternal. I need to spend just as much time developing those things in my life than developing the external things that are only temporary. I don't care how young, good-looking, in great shape you are, One day, if the Lord tarries, it's all going to go the way of the grave. Amen? It's a temporal thing. And if I'm putting all my faith into my body, into my looks, into my hair, come on. Amen? So what should I be working on? Don't you wish there was a gym for love? There is. It's it's here. This is called church. Amen? This is the gym. This is where we work out love. Look at the person next to you and say, I love you. Look at the person on the other side and say, I love you too. This is the gym of the Spirit. This is where I work out my love, my joy, my peace, my long-suffering, my kindness, my goodness, my faithfulness, my gentleness, and my self-control. It's in this room. This is the laboratory for change for a believer. That's why he created a church, so that we have a place, a safe place, so that we can come and change. 
Have you ever noticed that there's not one drug on the face of the earth that can touch your spirit? Not one drug. There's not one, no matter how powerful it is, no matter what it's full of, there's not one drug that can touch your spirit. It can only touch your soul. Think about that for a second. That's how powerful your spirit is. <coughs> a drug can't even get to it. When people have experiences on drugs, it's not a spiritual <coughs> experience they're having. It's their soul. It's their mind, their will, and their emotion because that's the only way that drug can affect. A drug can't affect your spirit. It's too powerful. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I'll paraphrase. When the Lord was about to take up Elijah up to heaven, is everybody familiar with this? And um, the Lord was about to take up Elijah up to heaven, and so there Elisha's with him, and, and everybody's trying to tell him that Elijah's going to go. And and um, in verse three it says, the prophet's sons who were at Bethel came to Elisha and said. Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? And Elisha says, yes, I know it. Hold your peace. So the sons of the prophets knew that Elijah was going to be called home to heaven that day. How'd they know? How'd they know? Because they were listening to what God was saying. So if you're telling me that the sons of the prophets in the Old Testament without salvation or the baptism of the Holy Spirit could accurately hear what God was saying to Elisha, how about us? They knew that he was leaving that day. A lot of people say, well, I've heard it preached also that this is how the rapture is going to take place. Is that those of us that know the voice of God that day, he's going to tell us, go home. Get off the streets. You ever seen all the 1970s rapture things where all the planes are crashing and the buildings are exploding? You know, because all the Christians are taken out of their cars at one time and, you know, there's just total chaos and all that. Or is it going to be like this? Where all of a sudden, just Monday, you're just like, I just felt in my heart the Lord just said, just go home today. And we all go to where we're supposed to be and that's when we all leave together. Anyway. How did they learn to hear his voice? They disciplined their spirits to strain to hear what God was saying. If you desire to hear God's voice, you'll hear his voice. If we'll get rid of all the distractions and all the little things that are in the way, you'll hear his voice. This is why medications are so dangerous to our generation. Because they are mind-altering and it's very, very hard to hear God's voice in the midst of of a chemical cocktail in our brains, trying to slow it down or speed it up. People hear voices all right, but it's not God's voice. John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit, whatever. There is no profit in it. The words, the truths that I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. Life of the spirit is in the word of God. 
The key to God's voice is God's word. The key to God's voice is God's word. Can you handle a little bit more? So let me just kind of jump to the end real quick because I want you to write down. I've got five things Four and a half, and these are how do I train, how do I develop my spirit? Number one, how do I develop my spirit? Feed it a steady diet of the Word of God. A first and foremost. Romans 10 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. There is no substitute for faith and spirit. For the word. There is no other way to do it other than the word of God. And in the midst of that also is we have to meditate that word day and night. And I think that's sometimes where we maybe don't discipline ourselves enough. Meditating the word is basically taking that big piece of steak and chewing on it and chewing on it and chewing on it and chewing on it. That's meditating for a believer. When I want to meditate the word, I want to take a scripture or a series of scriptures. I want to focus on those scriptures on purpose, and I want to meditate on those. And here's what I want to start asking. Now that I know this scripture, how does it change my life? And that's going to open up a new thinking process for you or revelation concerning that verse. How does John 3.16 change my life? For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. How does that change my life? Well, it changes my life because now, see what I'm saying? It opens up new ways of thinking about that verse that is meditating the word. Now, a lot of you say, well, how do you do that all day? We're already thinking about something, aren't we? Aren't you already thinking about something? Is it always good or bad? No, but if we could train ourselves, I'm telling you right here, the meditating of the word and the reading of the word and spending quality time going into that word on time, it will bring change to your life. Number two, you have to be a steady doer of the word. James 1.22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So I can't just spend time reading the Word. If I really want to develop my spirit, I need to start acting on the Word. And as I'm acting on the Word, I want to be a blessing to others. If you really want to unleash and unlock the spiritual power that's in your life, go be a blessing to somebody. Take all that you've heard. Take all this Word and go and be a blessing to somebody. Be a doer of the Word. Don't just read about the love of God. Be the love of God. To a Sunday morning crowd at West Houston, I would say, read a chapter of the Word every day. To a Tuesday night crowd, I would say, do a chapter of the Word every day. Because you've already proven you've got the extra oomph in you because you've come back on a Tuesday night. Don't just take it to reading the Word. Do a chapter of the Word every night, every week. So, number one is um, uh, feed a steady diet of the word. Number two, be a steady doer of the word. Number three, eliminate distractions and turn down the volume in your life. Eliminate distractions and turn down the volume in your life. All of these things that are going on in our lives, 
all of these problems, all of these worries, all of these doubts, all of these fears, that's like earthquakes, fires, and floods. Jesus said this, I'm sorry, God said this in 1 Kings 19. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. If you'll go back and you read that whole thing, there's an earthquake, there's wind and there's fire, and you notice that God wasn't in any of it. So quit saying that God caught something on fire or God caused an earthquake or God caused any of that. He's not in that. It just said it. But it's the still, small voice. We have to lower all the other voices in our life. Our hunger, the lust of our flesh, our own desires. We have to lower all those things where I can hear a still, small voice. And I have to be patient, and I have to stay awake to listen to it. I'm going to be honest with you folks, a lot of people fall asleep in church because it's the first time they're away from a screen. It's the first time their mind goes at rest, and their head goes straight down, and you go right to sleep. Because it's the only place where you're completely and totally at rest. Because we constantly have something in our face. There's constantly media around us. But we have to, this is, takes discipline to hear that still small voice. It takes discipline. You're never going to accidentally hear God's voice. Like when Michelle calls me from the bedroom, it's never an accident. She's calling me on purpose. I go on purpose. I didn't accidentally hear her. That's deep. It's so quiet. Number four, exercise your spirit through prayer and tongues. Romans 8, 26, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Very, very important to spend time in prayer on a daily basis. That is a wonderful place to develop your spirit. Praying in English but also praying in tongues a lot also. And when you pray in tongues, pray on purpose. Focus it on something that you're praying about. There is fellowship prayer that we have with God where I'm just praying in tongues, just fellowshipping with God. That's wonderful. But when I'm praying, let's say if I'm praying for Mike, and I'm going to pray for Mike on purpose. I'm going to see Mike. I am praying in tongues over Mike on purpose. And the Bible says that I'm praying God's perfect will. I'm speaking mysteries over that situation. I am doing it on purpose. A lot of times we'll just kick into tongues. Our mind will go that way. Our spirit will go the other. You should always know what you're praying about. Always. Kenneth Hagin was famous for this. He had big, big prayer meetings, and he would just walk up in the midst of them and tap somebody and say, well, what, are you, what are you praying about? I, I don't know. 90% of the time, the people didn't even know what they were praying about. They were just praying. So, don't get me wrong, there is fellowship prayer where I'm just spending time with God, I'm just praying in tongues, it's wonderful. But when I am doing business, I want to have a focus about exactly what I am praying for. And the last little point I said once before is when you do hear His voice, you have to act on it immediately. Yeah, we'll make that four and a half or five. But you have to, we have to be quick to listen. 
He's not going to tell us over and over and over. He's going to tell us and we need to act on whatever he tells us to do. And when we do that, when we build that trust, then he can trust us with more. Amen? All right, you did good. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word of God. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you, Lord, for freedom in our lives. Father, I just declare that each and every one of us, we know the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of another we will not follow. That, Lord, we are a body that is led by the Spirit of God. That, Lord, you are moving through this congregation. You are moving through this church. And Father, I'm just thankful, Lord, that we are pushing away all the things that are harmful to us. We are bringing in, Father, those things that help us more focused, that makes us draw closer to you. I plead the blood of Jesus over every person in this room. And we just thank you, Lord, for the peace of God that passes all understanding to guard their hearts and minds in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday.